What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. And today we're going to be recording episode number 43. And we're going to be talking about the Boglehead 3 fund portfolio and comparing that to the Monkey 3 uh, portfolio. I guess the only thing they have in common, well, that's not the only thing. They, they do have three funds, each, each of them. And actually, a little secret, um, the Boglehead 3 fund portfolio is kind of what the Monkey 3 uh, fund portfolio is, is modeled after. Except that it's missing one of the uh, one of the uh, asset allocations, and that of course is the bond portion. And uh, what I've done with the Monkey Three, I've mentioned this before, is basically I've taken the Boglehead Three Fund portfolio and swapped out the bonds for a U.S. small cap value fund. So what we're going to do in today's episode is we're going to analyze the data from Portfolio Visualizer. We can go back all the way to 1987. So that's almost a 33, 34-year period there. Um, and we can look at how well the Mokey 3 has done up against the Boglehead 3 portfolio. So we'll we'll look at the returns and uh, the risk tolerance, standard deviation, of course, the the, the final balance, drawdowns, uh, sharp ratios, and then we'll take a look at how, um, how the two actually are um, more similar than, than you might think. Um, so this was uh, one of the requests from our um, private members from uh, Conscious. Uh, I've uh, put out a little bit of a uh, free-for-all in there and said, hey, you can request uh, any kind of video or podcast. I guess it depends. Sometimes I'll do a video on them. Sometimes I'll do a podcast. In this case, I'll be doing a podcast. But you can request kind of any topic, and uh, I'll talk about it. I, I was running you know, short on, on um, content just because you know, I have the, new, the newborn at home. Uh, been preoccupied with that, not enough time to do research on investment stuff. So um, thank you guys for suggesting that. And and now i got a, a, a crap ton of content to go over. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get to all this, to be honest with you, but I'll, I'll pick and choose. I'll kind of cherry pick some of your guys' recommendations that I think, you know, would be cool videos or podcast episodes. So let's get into this. Um, now, the Boglehead 3 Fund Portfolio, there isn't, um, if, you're, if you're familiar with the Boglehead's uh, forum, there isn't a, a standard three fund portfolio. Um, some of them recommend a bigger uh, international exposure. Some of them recommend a bigger bond exposure. Of course, it all depends on your risk tolerance, on your time horizon. So to keep things pretty fair, um, because you know, if, if I lean one way uh, from the Boglehead three, the Monkey three is really going to outperform. So to keep things fair, I'll use the same allocations: um, a sixty twenty twenty. Right, so sixty uh, percent total U.S. stock market for both, twenty uh, percent total international for both, and of course, like I mentioned at the beginning, we're going to swap out the twenty percent bond um, into a twenty percent U.S. small cap value. Now, you know, I, I don't even have to do this comparison for you to probably know that the Monkey Three is going to win, right? That's and kind of um, just thinking of, hey, one portfolio has twenty percent allocation to bonds, the other one is a hundred percent equities. You know, I would hope the Monkey 3 wins because if it doesn't, it's really a crappy uh, investment strategy, right? It should at least beat it by 1%, if not more, uh, because of the additional risks that you're taking on. And generally speaking, anytime you add 10% bond exposure, you usually drop the performance uh, by about half, or not the performance, you drop the uh, drawdown by about 5%. The performance generally drops by about 25 uh, basis points or a quarter of a percent. 
that's a good rule of thumb. Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way depending on what kind of strategy you have. So if you look at our, our example here, we're going to go from January 1987 to current October 2021. Um, to keep things fair, we'll just do an initial balance of $10,000. Final ending balance for the Monkey 3 would be $315,155. With a compound annual growth rate of 10.41%. Um, that's pretty good. Uh, that's above average um, than what historically in a 35 year period the stock market does. So, you know, that, that did pretty good. Now, I do wanna mention a few things. In this time, especially this time period, 1987 to present, the international side for both of these portfolios, because it's 20%, really limited the upside because it, it really was not in favor. But historically, um, international and the U.S. stock market, they're going to be very, very similar in performance. But there is decades where one is better than the other. And it just happened that the the, the three decades that we examined here, uh, the, uh, the U.S. side did a lot better than the international. Again, it doesn't usually look like that historically. So these numbers are a little bit skewed uh, because 60% of the portfolio is in the U.S. stock market, and the U.S. stock market did really good compared to the total international market over this 34-year period. So just keep that in mind. On the flip side, the Boglehead 3 fund portfolio uh, had an ending balance of $223,228, about almost $100,000 less in this 34-year period, and it had a compound annual growth rate of 9.33% which is a little bit over uh, a percent off the monkey three. So the monkey three beat it out by over 1%, which again, at the beginning of the episode, I said, that's kind of to be expected. That's uh, really, if you're hundred percent equities, you better beat any kind of bond fund portfolio. And that's, you know, it's not really a fair comparison, but you know, for the sake of the request, we will uh, go ahead and do this. Um, standard deviation for the monkey three, 15.27%, uh, the Boglehead three fund at 1202 Again, much less volatile as the Boglehead 3 fund. That 20% um, um, exposure to the bond market really cuts down the, the volatility of the portfolio. So it's not as up and down as the Monkey 3. Um, as far as the best years, the Monkey 3 performed uh, at a 34.32% year. Uh, and the Boglehead 3 fund's best year was 2767 So Monkey 3 wins out there again. No surprise there. Our worst year... No surprise here either. Monkey 3, negative 37.45%. The Boglehead 3 fund only a negative 30% on the worst year. And same thing with the drawdown, uh, negative drawdown of 52.85% of for the Monkey 3. And the Boglehead, negative 4297 So that rule of thumb of bonds, you added 10% bonds, uh, that, draw, uh, that drops the max drawdown by 5%. So by having 20%, Max drawdowns dropped by 10%. That lines up perfectly with that rule of thumb. Uh, sharp ratio, Monkey 3 is at 0.53. Bogle at 3 funds, 0.56. So kind of neck and neck. And then correlation to the market, they're both 0.98%. Essentially very close to a uh, total stock, a U.S. stock market portfolio. Of course, most of the Monkey 3 is the U.S. stock market. So no surprise there. Now, we see that in the ending balance, we have $100,000 more. But I do want to kind of uh, look at some of the uh, of the other metrics here to figure out uh, which one is more likely to be kind of the, the better uh, portfolio that you can stick with, right? Because 
a negative 52% drawdown does scare a lot of people. Um, and I'm not saying that it can't happen again. It definitely can happen again. So what we're going to look at is uh, in, in five-year rolling periods, how does the balance move? So initially, we start with a $10,000 balance. And then as we uh, progress from 1987 to 1992, I'll read out the ending balance for both. And then again, in 1997, we'll get the ending balance. So in, in five-year rolling periods, not that this is replicable. replicable. Uh, it, it's hard to repeat this, but it gives you an idea of what uh, the balance or how much the balance can move uh, with these two different portfolios. So 1992, the Mucky 3's initial $10,000 investment has almost doubled uh, to $19,690. Um, and the Boglehead 3 fund is not that far behind. It ends at $18,579. So pretty much, you know, within $1,000. That's pretty good. And then we move on to 1997. And this is kind of where we start seeing the outperformance of the Monkey 3. And, you know, the, the longer you're invested in the Monkey 3, generally, the better the performance is going to get. It's I, I keep saying it's not a short-term portfolio. It's really for those people that are ready to hold 30 plus years uh, at the very minimum 25. But if you can hold for 30, in this case, 34, you can see you get rewarded the longer you hold this portfolio. So 1997, the Monkey 3 is sitting at a balance of $44,358 um, versus the Boglehead 3 funds at 37234 So now we're seeing a much bigger difference here of uh, $7,000. You can see the Monkey 3 is already 4X'd um, from 10,000 to over 44,000. Now it gets even better. At uh, 2002, the portfolio is sitting at the same value as it did in 1997. It's still at 44,000. And the Boglehead uh, has actually improved. It's at, uh, in 2002, it's at 38,650. And this is where the bonds come in, right? So what happened here? Um, in 2000, 2001, 2002, uh, what we experienced was a, uh, a tech bubble burst and the stock market got affected. It dropped by 50%. And you could see, you know, the monkey three being 100% equities was more effective, uh, affected by that than, than the Boglehead three fund, which had about 20% exposure to the, uh, to the bond market, which did pretty good. It held its own during this crash. So moving on from um, 2002 now to 2007, the Monkey 3 has grown to $93,576, and the Boglehead 3 fund is sitting at $74,082. So now the Monkey 3 is 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 up almost $20,000 over the Boglehead 3 in 2007. So this is 20 years later. The uh, separation starting, but of course, 2007 is the last good year we have, and then we enter the Great Financial Recession and in 2008, just for reference, if you want to see what this does, uh, being 100% equities, we go from a $93,000 portfolio to a $58,000 portfolio on the Monkey 3. Meanwhile, the Boglehead 3, so that's a 40% $40,000 drop. Meanwhile, the Boglehead 3 fund goes from 74,000 to 51. So all of a sudden they're a lot closer together in 2008. And this is again I can't stress this enough, the importance of sticking. If you're going to be in this strategy, to stick with it. If you if you jump out, you're really going to hurt your performance, especially at the worst times. And, and this would freak a lot of people. 
You go from 93 to 58. This would freak a lot of people. So you got to stay in it. So after 2007, go to 2012. 2012, Monkey 3 has recovered from that big drop, and it's up to all-time highs at $101,811. Meanwhile, the Boglehead is at $83,977. And then we go to 2017, and the Monkey 3 is up to $193,641. The Boglehead 3 funds at $142,000. 643. So now we're seeing a separation of over 50,000. And of course, the current year, uh, 2021, this is where we end up with that balance of 315,000 with a Boglehead 3 being at 223. So I wanted to go through that rundown of kind of every five year period to show you one, a real life balance as it would have occurred if you were in either one of these strategies, but two, to really set the mind frame, the, 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 the thinking that you need to have if you're going to be in either one of these strategies, right? So for the Boglehead 3 fund, if you're going to be in this strategy, it, it doesn't mean that it's exempt from stock market crashes. You saw it you know, lose from 73,000 all the way go down to 51,000, right? So it lost over 20,000 versus the Monkey 3 during that crash lost over almost 45,000. But the Monkey 3 had made you more up to that point, Initially, both of these started out with 10,000. So it's all relative to what you started with. And of course, we can always look in the past because there is no risk in the past. And we can say, aha, you know, I I figured it out. This is the best portfolio. And then the future looks nothing like the past. Um, And and we flip everything upside down. So don't do that. But what, what you should do is think about, okay, relative to what I started with, this is how much I have now. And if if 35 years ago you started with $10,000 and today somebody said you could potentially have $100,000 more investing this way versus investing this way would you take it would you take that chance and i did you know in, in my thinking i said heck yeah you know i, I want the extra 100,000 no disrespect to the boglehead three fund portfolio i think it's a great portfolio uh, for many 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 people but I also do think, you know, that this millennial generation that I count myself part of, we we haven't seen uh, the the 50% drop. So we, we're a little bit more risk hungry. We, we want the risk, right? And by, by all means, the monkey three is probably the riskiest that I'm ever willing to go. And some people say that's conservative. I've had people call my portfolio conservative, which really blow, blows, blows my mind because in my mind, it's it's a very risky portfolio. So it, it's relative to your risk appetite. Of course, if you're somebody who's 60 years old, you probably might lean closer to the Boglehead 3 with maybe 40% bond exposure. Um, and, and your numbers would look completely different and you'd be okay with that because you wouldn't want to take a million dollar portfolio and turn it into a half a million dollar portfolio. And I can guarantee you almost, and I hate to use that word with investing, but I can almost guarantee you if you're investing in the Monkey 3 and you have a million dollars in it, any given uh, time period, you could lose 55% of your portfolio. At least historically, that's what's happened. So, or 52.85 is what has historically happened. So you you can take a million dollar portfolio and wipe it down to $480,000 very, very quickly. Um, versus the Boglehead 3 fund, uh, again, depending on the bond allocation, you might 
be left with 600,000 or 620,000. Um, it depends. But, you know, that's where they differ. And that's kind of where it's difficult to compare them side by side because they're not uh, doing the same thing, right? They're not trying to accomplish the same thing. Uh, one is highly aggressive and, and the other one is still aggressive for the most part, but it, it's got a little bit of built-in protection with that uh, 20% exposure to bonds. So having done this comparison and, and showing you that the Monkey 3 outperformed uh, the Boglehead 3 fund, does it mean you should stop investing in the Boglehead 3 fund and switch to the Monkey 3? Absolutely not. You guys know, every time I talk about talk about this stuff, I'm always saying, you know, it's it's important to understand that you know where you stand. And just because I can handle the risk does not mean you can. And just because I created a portfolio that I freaking believe in doesn't mean you're going to believe in it the same way that I do, right? So when those negative 50 or 38% years come, that's where we're going to separate out the men from the boys. You know, a lot of people can say, yeah, I can handle it, and myself included, but I've never experienced the negative 50% drawdown. So it's time, you know, when when, when the time comes, uh, that's when I'm going to understand, hey, am I in the right portfolio or not? Now, I've, I've ran many, many tests and many, many back test analysis before I created this to know within probably a 99% certainty that I will stick with it. Uh, but of course, there's always, you know, I'm human. There's always that uh, thing you can't calculate for, and that's the real life. Um, these are all done with no risk. These calculations are all in my head. Um, they're not real. And uh, it's completely different when they're real. And my, my only taste really has been um, the uh, 20 or 30% drop in March of 2020. At that point, I didn't have the Monkey 3 implemented. I actually had a 100% total US stock market portfolio, and that 30% drop didn't phase me. Um, so, then, you know, what's an additional 20%? Well, it can mean a lot now. Uh, but back then, I had a $100,000 portfolio. Now I have a $350,000 portfolio. So, of course, you know, to take a $350,000 and turn it into $175,000 would hurt. Uh, but I'm mentally uh, prepared for that. And, and that's kind of how you have to be when you're coming up with these strategies. So whichever one of these you want to use is completely up to you. There's probably, I think there's a 200 and something portfolios better than yours. I forgot who wrote that article. I, I heard that on the Paul Merriman podcast. But if you want to check that out, there's so many different portfolio ideas that there's literally 200 portfolios are better than probably the one that you're in. But just because they're better uh, doesn't mean that you you yourself should be investing in it because uh, that's not what how it goes down in real life. You know, we're doing all these calculations on paper and and, and messing with the numbers, but in real life, the outcome is going to be completely different, and it's no longer theoretical. It's real money on the line, and that changes a lot and brings out a lot of human emotions that maybe otherwise would not have been brought out. So Conscious, thank you for this request. Hopefully um, that was satisfactory. Again, it's very hard for me to to do a comparison of two different portfolios with two different objectives here and two different uh, risk tolerances really that you know they, they, they're, they're not going to line up head to head at all. Uh, but thank you for that. If you have another maybe 100% equity portfolio you want me to look at to pin up against the Monkey 3, I'd be glad to do that. Uh, just keep in mind that 20% international is a wild card. If we look at the previous 35 years, uh, it's going to be skewed in the favor of the U.S. market when historically uh, they're pretty much head 
to head. So the next 35 might look different because of that 20% exposure to international. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you haven't done so, uh, please leave me a rating on the Apple Podcast side. I really appreciate it. Uh, And while you're down there leaving a five-star rating, hopefully, uh, leave me a review too, and I'll uh, gladly read that review live on the air on the next episode that I record. So far, we've gotten no new reviews, but we do have 17 ratings. Uh, So thank you very much for all of you that hit the five-star even if you hit the one star, I'm fine. I'm not going to get all uh, sad. But thank you so much for, for rating the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. And until next time, remember, move obstacles, keep investing.